Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, good morning and welcome to Hardline here on News Radio 930. WBEN, after a two week uh, hiatus, we are back live here on Hardline, rested up and ready to go. Uh, in a week that was nonstop news, we had the State of the Union address. We have gas prices over $4 average now here in Western New York. We have a war going on in the Ukraine, and back here locally in Buffalo, we also have uh, more news breaking. All that and more will be over the next two hours of Hardline, beginning with Congressman Chris Jacobs, who has come back from the a trip to the southern border and is bringing us an update. Congressman, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Congressman, before we get to uh, to your trip to the border, I, I would like to know your thoughts on the president's State of the Union address on Tuesday. Well, I, I uh, it was a, I, this is the second uh, opportunity that that I should have had uh, to go, uh, but this was actually the first uh, one that uh, I could go in person because of uh, the the COVID restrictions. Uh, but so it was, uh, you know, for first time to be there was. Uh, you know, certainly memorable. Um, I, uh, I certainly was in the nosebleed section, but I was still in there. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I want, I, I, I don't always want to be negative on, on things, but I have to be honest with them, uh, on it. And, uh, I just felt that, um, you know, I was happy, uh, to hear his words in recognition of, the heroism of the Ukrainian people, uh, the Ukrainian leader, uh, and uh, the actions he's called to uh, do in terms of sanctions. It's just so regrettable uh, that uh, the many sanctions he's discussed, the actions that he's discussed, are just you know really too little, too late. Uh, that these were we had been urging the administration to put sanctions in place months ago, before. Uh, an invasion. Now, uh, after the fact, uh, you know, uh, Putin, I believe, is committed. He, he, he's not going to go back uh, for his political survival. He can't. So um, it's certainly going to hurt. It'll hurt the uh, Russian people. But I don't I don't think it's going to have the impact to dissuade Vladimir Putin. Uh, he's also talked about, uh, you know, getting lethal weaponry there, uh, stinger missiles. Uh, again, we have been advocating for months and months and and. Uh, monies had been approved for that lethal 
um, uh, weaponry to get into the Ukraine, and the administration sat on it. And now it's after the fact that the damage is being done, the death toll is ramping up. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's so frustrating. So having said that, you know, I certainly will do all I can to support the administration uh, at this point in time because we need to be unified. Um, we need to be unified in this effort. Uh, but I, I will say uh, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the Biden uh, uh, State of the Union, uh, what, what we saw there was certainly there was a recognition of the many problems we had, the inflation, uh, the, uh, he even recognized the southern border, which he seems to ignore all the time, uh, the, uh, the energy situation we have, the, uh, the high cost at the pump, but what I didn't hear is any course correction on that. It was more doubling down on the same failed policies that have caused these problems. Uh, so, you know, we have this southern border situation, not a recognition that it was his policies, the stopping of the wall, the stopping of uh, the um, Remain in Mexico policy that has caused the onslaught of record numbers Two million people last year coming over the border illegally. The inflation crisis, uh, not a recognition that the reckless spending has caused that. He actually doubled down and said he wants to spend $2 trillion more. I mean, uh, so no, it, it, it's on and on and on. So, uh, and of course, uh, you know, no recognition that the lack of leadership abroad, what happened in the debacle, the debacle in Afghanistan, uh, really set the table for rogue leaders. Uh, uh, like Putin, and I'm very worried about China, saying, well, there'll be no consequence from, from the United States if we, we do what we do. So um, it, it was a state, I'd say, of uh, State of the Union. It was a, a delusional State of the Union. And uh, uh, I think that uh, many of us just walked away shaking their heads, and uh, uh, we're, we're hopeful we see a, a, a recognition of policies that were not just ineffective but counterproductive and damaging uh, but uh, it, it, it instead just the doubling down and, and continuing to move forward, which is really, really troublesome to, to many of us because we are in a, you know, this is really uh, the main theme of this administration is crisis, you know, whether it's an inflation crisis, uh, energy crisis, a crime wave crisis, or a crisis abroad. Uh, we need dramatic change, and it doesn't seem to be happening from the administration. You know, that, that inflation, Congressman, we're all feeling here in western New York, uh, over four nineteen a gallon is the average uh, when we woke up this morning. Uh, what moves or what procedures do you think the administration could take before we get to that five five fifty average that we're seeing in some places of California? Well, again, I, I was disturbed that uh, I didn't hear any, again, course correction. You know, his solution was more electric vehicles, uh, that, and he said that. He said that in the State of the Union. Now, I have nothing against electric vehicles, but we're talking about right now, you know, we're seeing swings or increases of 20 cents in, in a day or two. You know, we're not going to – that is not a solution. Uh, the solution would be to take the hand out off the throat of local uh, – of domestic production. Um, that – I know would in and of itself take a little bit of time to get going, but the message would impact. If we, you know, the action day one when he stopped the Keystone Pipeline, he stopped any new drilling leases in the United States, that, that sent a chilling effect to the markets, and that's as, as we started um, seeing ramps up in the cost and uh, the regulators being uh, very aggressive uh, on 
uh, I think, abusing their regulatory authority to really uh, be punitive towards uh, people in uh, the energy sector. Uh, if that tone changed, if he said today, uh, we are going to start back up the Keystone Pipeline, just that message alone, I think you'd see a dramatic thing. But instead, what did he do? He stopped the Keystone Pipeline here in the United States, but allowed the Nord Stream 2 to go ahead to empower Russia and make Europe more dependent on Russian energy. Um, and, and we're buying all that energy, too. We're sending about $75 million a day, and that was last week's numbers. We're making more now. He's making more now because the price has gone up to Russia to essentially, in my mind, subsidize this, this war. Uh, so this is really just reckless policy, unrealistic policy. Look, I am for, you know, uh, green energy. I'm for solar, uh, wind, uh, I believe local control and where it goes. Uh, but it, this transition needs to be happening in a, in a rational way. And I believe natural gas in particular, uh, liquefied natural gas as well, LNG, um, that's the transition fuel for, you know, a while that uh, brings the price down, is cleaner. And let's keep in mind, every time we shut drilling activity down here in the United States and it goes to Russia or, or, or the Middle East, it is far more dirty. So even on the environmental, uh, do you think there's any regulations that Russia has in regards to drilling? No. So even on the environmental argument, it's irresponsible. So, uh, But the Biden administration, uh, I did not hear any course correction in terms of energy policy. It's just this un, uh, unrealistic and reckless Green New Deal that AOC and the extreme left of the party uh, dictate, and everybody else uh, kind of uh, complies. It's, it's very, very irresponsible, and we see now, we see now the impact of irresponsible energy policy because this is directly, directly connected to what is going on and, and contributing to what has happened in the Ukraine and uh, the situation with uh, Europe being so vulnerable. Uh, Congressman, Friday you were down in Del Rio, Texas, touring the southern border. Uh, what updates do you have for us? Yeah, I had an opportunity to go down with uh, 14 other members uh, and delegation down there to uh, the San Antonio region. And uh, yeah, I, I had been down probably about six months ago. Uh, and so uh, the opportunity came up, and I, I think it is very important to see you know, what's happening, what has changed, what has not um, and uh, it, was, it was an excellent trip. Uh, we, we toured detention facilities. We uh, were at uh, we were at actually the border. Uh, we, we met with uh, local law enforcement, local business officials. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, when we had uh, the meeting with Customs and Border Patrol, uh, who are really, uh, you know, they are just being uh, overworked would be an understatement. You know, they have just been. Uh, the last two, uh, year and a half has just been an extremely stressful uh, situation for them. But uh, last year in this sector, the Del Rio sector, uh, which I toured, there was 228,000 uh, illegal uh, encounters, people interdicted, uh, 85,000 gotaways, people they saw but they couldn't get. Uh, uh, so the guess is that when you say 85,000 gotaways, there's probably at least another 85,000 that you didn't see. Uh, so, you know, we're talking close to 500,000 in this area. But even when you look at just the 228,000, that's a nine-year high. Uh, so, and, you know, the argument the Biden administration 
said this is just a kind of a cycle type of thing. It's just, you know, there's no no attachment to reality there. This is unprecedented. Uh, their estimate is there'll be another 100,000 higher uh, in 2022. Uh, obviously, the only one benefiting here, uh, you know, our, our national security has been completely compromised in the southern border. The humanitarian crisis of the people coming over the border lured in. The only one making out here are the cartels. Uh, the cartels, they estimate, are, they are, are making $24 million in just the human trafficking in a week in this, this one sector uh, because it's about three to $5,000 per person they make, depending on it, if it's a single adult or family, so forth. Uh, and that's just with the human trafficking. They have a whole other side of it in terms of the drug activity. Uh, so that was one reason I, I, I was wanted to be down there because of this, this, you know, this deadly issue of the immense amount of fentanyl that is coming over the border and um, killing, you know, we had a 177, uh, uh, O, uh, o, um, opium, uh, heroin, opioid uh, ODs this year in 2021 in Erie County alone, and about 85% of that was fentanyl. So, and a high percentage of that fentanyl comes from the southern border. So, if people say, "Why are you down at the border? It doesn't it impact us." Oh, yes, it does. Talk to any family that has lost a loved one this past year. Uh, this is coming over the border, uh, and and uh, this is killing our people. Uh, so, uh, that's a, a major reason why I was down there. You know, Congressman, when you, when you bring up the, uh, the the drugs that come over the border, you know, when you come back to D.C., and, and, and as you've mentioned, you have people that say, oh, why are you focusing on the southern border? There's all this going on. And you bring up the drugs, you bring up the fentanyl that are, are just walking over the border. Uh, what do people say? What is their response to that? People that might be questioning you at the border. When you bring up the drugs, what's their response? I think that uh, that's one that uh, really causes people to uh, kind of take a pause and say, okay, I, I really didn't think about that. I mean, I was with uh, a colleague from West Virginia, and West Virginia is, you know, has, I think this year total, our, our nation lost 100,000 people to, to uh, fentanyl deaths, but West Virginia is the leader in, in, in fentanyl deaths. So, I mean, this is, it is, you know, at epic proportions, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we have, you have to combat that on many fronts. We need treatment, we need enforcement, but, you know, it does not help where just, you know, the immense amount of fentanyl coming from the southern border pouring into neighborhoods, aggressively marketed through these cartels. Uh, and, you know, they, their life is so much easier to get this, these drugs, these illicit drugs over the border because of the humanitarian crisis, because uh, the Border Patrol agents are overwhelmed in processing these the, the the human side of things, you know, if they get, they say, you know, okay, there's here, here's a big gap in the border wall that didn't get finished. Build the, the cartels will dump several hundred people and a lot of kids and so forth in that one area. And then the, the, the border patrol agency, I guard said to me, uh, I guarantee you a mile down the road, while we're handling all these people who've been out in the elements for weeks and have health issues and so forth, we're all pouring in to deal with that because of the human factor. The, the cartels is down the road about a mile, coming through another gap in the border wall and bringing all the drugs over. So they make it both ways, and they benefit by this border crisis. So when we, when we create a porous border 
both in terms of not having the physical infrastructure, not having the manpower. The Biden administration has not has refused to give additional staffing uh, to the, the border agents. I mean, they're, they're, they have mandatory right now six day work weeks, mandatory overtime. I mean, and, and this has been for a very long period of time. Um, they are they are they are uh, tapped out and uh, demoralized because they do not feel uh, that the uh, administration has their back. So um, uh, these are the things. I, I also had a member from uh, Long Island area, MS-13, the gangs, huge issue of new recruits coming, uh, young, young men coming up from, from the southern border. Uh, they, they can't afford the fee to get over the three to $5,000, so it's an IOU. Who pays the IOU? The, the MS-13. And then they're basically slaves. <laughs> so and 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 they're 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 coming up to uh, uh, the New York City area and wreaking havoc. Uh, we hear in the news all the time. So we are all border communities right now. We all have a vested interest in this. And uh, one other thing, uh, again, uh, this has been conveyed to me every time I've been to the border. I've been to the border now three times. S- significant numbers of people that are on the terrorist watch list getting caught down there. Uh, so. Um, there, there's another issue that all Americans need to worry about, the people that are pouring over. They're not all coming from South America. A lot of them coming over from other places, Middle East and Africa. They come through South America, Mexico, because they know they can get in. Congressman, you talk about the, the, the gaps in the hole. You also talk about the problems with staffing. Um, I, I know the, the Biden administration doesn't really uh, doesn't really address those things. At the state of Texas, there was a talk of them maybe um, state funded uh, covering up those gaps in the wall. Was, is there any more talk of that? I believe they are they are doing that. Uh, you know, one upside in Texas. I mean, it's still still not easy. Is that ninety five percent of the land in Texas is is privately owned? So. Uh, they, you know, negotiating with some of those, you know, those farmers, those farms uh, to, to build border walls on the Texas side. I believe they are proceeding with that. Obviously, that takes time, but I give them a lot of credit for being proactive and not waiting on the administration. Uh, the administration just does not seem inclined to do that. Uh, you know, the two significant policies that Joe Biden undid uh, that started this was Day one, he stopped the construction of the border wall, uh, and day one, he stopped the Remain in Mexico policy. Uh, because you know that policy was in, in the past. Uh, prior to that policy being enacted, people would come here, uh, give them step over the border into the U.S., turn themselves over, ask for asylum, and then there was a procedure uh, to have an asylum hearing. But because of the backlog, it was maybe a year, year and a half. So they would get an appearance ticket. And they would be let out into the country, uh, put on a bus, put on a plane, uh, so-called catch and release. And the majority of people uh, never came back. So the Trump administration put a kind of a, a policy in place saying, we will hear your asylum hearing, but you will wait in Mexico, not in the United States. And most people don't qualify for asylum. They knew, know that. That's why they don't come back to the hearing. Well, now they're in Mexico. And that was a, a credible deterrent for people who were not genuinely coming here with asylum uh, as their as their end goal. And um, uh, Joe Biden undid that policy on day one. Those two things, those two things were the reason that the onslaught started. And just one other thing, uh, there's a provision called Title 42 uh, that was started in the Trump administration 
and it was based on the COVID pandemic. And that um, was based on health law, uh, which allowed uh, the border to say to people, because of the pandemic, we can't process you. We can turn you right around. Uh, and that is still in place. That has been very effective in being able to detour a lot of people from coming in. Uh, but as we know, COVID is subsiding. And uh, my, my, my guess is shortly that Title 42 will be done. When that's, when that's done, we will have a whole nother onslaught of people coming in the border. Uh, so it's not getting better. It potentially could get far worse. And that's why the Biden administration, again, needs to course correct here. They need to be realistic about this. But I, unfortunately, um, I, I don't see it. I don't see they seem uh, to not really focus at all on this issue. And uh, so it, 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 unless something dramatic changes, uh, it will continue. Congressman Chris Jacobs, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Okay, thank you. That is Congressman Chris Jacobs talking about the State of the Union and also his trip Friday to the southern border. We have news with Alan Harris and then speaking with Kevin Hardwick right after Alan here on WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.